Wild Tater, I'm Charles Hathaway. How to garden at virtually no cost. Now, if your problem is that you just don't have money, and I know how this is because I've been in that boat, and in some ways I'm still in that boat, and uh, over the years I've learned some tricks that, uh, that I don't think many people are aware of as far as, uh, as gardening goes for virtually no money, okay? And I have to say virtually, virtually because um, there is going to be money involved in it, but not necessarily in the way you think it does. So, first off, it helps to understand that a plant is alive until it is either cooked or dried out possibly frozen. Sometimes even that doesn't kill them. Plants are an interesting species or an interesting kingdom uh, because you cut off a leaf, the leaf is not instantly dead. You know, you cut off my hand, I guess within a few minutes or days or whatever, it's going to be completely dead. It doesn't take long for things to shut down enough that it will not function again. Not effectively anyway. (laughs) And, uh, but with a leaf, You cut it off, if you just simply lay it in water, it's going to stay alive for a while, okay? And a root that is cut off stays alive for a while. And in fact, if you want to know how long they can stay alive, well, just look at how long the produce lasts in the produce department or in your refrigerator and all that. Anything that's more or less fresh produce is alive. It's 100% alive. And yet, um, unlike animals, it often can be brought back to life. And let me explain what I mean by that. The simple uh, form of that is, for example, if you buy celery from the store, and this is why I need to say virtually no cost, you're buying celery anyway. You've got to eat Okay, and you're trying to eat healthy, so you're getting live, po- or I mean, uh, fresh produce. I recommend getting fresh produce, not just because it's more healthy, but because you will have tons of gardening options from it. You buy celery, you cut off what you're going to eat, and eat it. That piece you cut off at the base, you know, it's just a stub off of a stub, really. You can see it's just this nub. Bury it. Okay, or if you want to be even more effective, maybe let it sit, you know, uh, face up, you know, so if if it were to grow back, that it grows upward um, in a small bowl with just enough water at the bottom to cover the base of that nub that you've cut off. Uh, Stick that in water for a few days and then stick it in the ground. And what will it do? It will root and it will grow. And you'll have new celery. Now, will you have the quality and large celery that you got? Probably not. Not unless you have some expensive techniques such as fertilizer and so forth, which I don't recommend anyway. And once you've got a a robust gardening system underway, then that wouldn't help anyway. But the point is to get it to grow. Not necessarily so you can eat it. Remember, our focus in this in this approach of trying to establish an ecosystem that provides yield for you is not necessarily to put something in the ground that's going to give you food. 
but rather to put something in the, in the ground that will reproduce itself and reproduce itself and reproduce itself to the point where it can provide you all the food in that, of that particular kind that you could, that you could need. Okay, that's what we're aiming for, not just plant and eat. Okay, if you can eat and carry on to the next generation, by all means do it, by all means. Okay, we'll talk more about that in future episodes. Right now we're talking about starting a garden with virtually no money. So there you go, there's number one, celery. Okay, bell peppers, when you buy a bell pepper, and you cut out that middle part, and you throw out that middle part. Don't throw out that middle part. That middle part is full of seeds. All those seeds can grow. Now, I admit, these are going to be some kind of of, uh, hybridized version of something that the grocery stores um, got from a nursery that does it on a mass-produced scale. So this is not going to be your robust hybrid variety. That is true. But when you're talking about going through, let's say, 50 bell peppers a year. I don't know how much you eat in bell peppers. And you plant those seeds, and a few of them grow. And a few of those grow vegetables. Okay? Those vegetables have seeds as well. If you can start a cycle by getting the bell peppers to grow, then by all means do it. Okay? This is one that... You, you know, like the celery, you don't even have to waste any food. What I'm suggesting is turn what would have been waste into a new plant. And it will work. Not always, but enough of the time to make it worth trying every time. Tomatoes also. Your tomatoes start going bad, throw those seeds in the ground. In fact, with them, you don't have to wash out and separate the seeds. Like you may feel like you need to do with a lot of things like pumpkins. Because tomatoes have this thing where they prefer to rot before they grow. The, the seeds prefer that the outside area of the seeds rot and mold before they grow. If you look up online to see how to dry your own tomato seeds, uh, you can follow this complex process, or you can throw it out in your yard in a place where you would love for tomatoes to grow, and you're likely sooner or later to get tomatoes. Now, with tomatoes, you're going to want to notice seasons and things like that. So, if you're in a cold season, throw it in a pot inside. Because inside is most of the year going to uh, be willing to sprout your tomatoes. Now, if you're sprouting in the spring, spring is a magical time of year. And all plants, all seeds, all leaves, all fruits, everything knows spring. I don't know how. I don't know how that works. Somehow they know it's springtime when it's springtime because when you plant, things grow awesome. It doesn't matter what they are. They grow awesome. And uh, and if it's too cold outside, then growing them inside, they still know it's spring somehow. That said, if it's November and you have a tomato that's starting to rot, just take an old pot, maybe a plant that's already dying, just kind of dig down a bit, stick that you know rotting tomato in, cover it just enough with dirt so that it... Uh, doesn't stink up your house because if it's buried it won't stink and then um, just water it like you would any other plant you'll find tomato plants growing an interesting fact about tomatoes and almost other 
almost every other annual plant that we have. The only reason they are called annuals is because our winter kills them every year. It's too cold for them in our area. Now, if you're listening to this from a tropical area or, or maybe a Central American area, you'll know what I'm talking about probably, that they're actually perennial plants that are adapted to a warmer climate than most of the U.S., not all the U.S., but most of the U.S. So plant your tomato in a pot. You'll find they grow. And if it's indoors, indoors, if you're treating it right, is something like a zone 7, 8, 9, or 10, depending on how well you regulate, regulate your temperatures and, and humidity in your home. Um, I think mine tends to sit at about an 8, uh, zone 8. So if something says that it's a zone 8, that tells me it's an indoor plant. If it's lower than that, then I may be able to get away with growing it outside, maybe in a cold frame or something like that. Um, but I am in a zone 5A, which is barely zone 5. So anything that's zone 4 or lower, I can grow really well. Anything that's zone 5, I may struggle with. Zone 6, I've really got to tweak things to make things work. But I can tweak things to make things work. And there's nothing that you really, really, you can't grow somewhere on your property, be it indoor or outdoor. And we could talk more about in future episodes of how to tweak your uh, hardiness zone. Okay, so tomatoes, we talked about. Onions, oh, my favorite. I, I, I can't eat an onion without planting the end of it. I, I you know... People tend to chop up the onion, and then that little nub at the bottom that's got the kind of little gangly uh, roots, sort of, um, those are called roots. And if you stick them in water, or you can just stick them straight in the ground. That's fine. Indoor or outdoor, they'll do better outdoor if you're in a cooler climate uh, most of the time. And they may not come up till spring, but hey. If you get an onion in the spring because you planted it in the middle of winter or in fall or something, that that's fine. But uh, um, so go ahead and and plant your your um, onion ends, and you can plant any amount of the onion. Just the main thing is that that root is uh, that root that root is. Uh, is what matters. It's coming. Uh, I'm sorry. Somebody's calling me to dinner. We have to finish this one later. Um, this is a this is a, a great topic. But onions. Any part of an onion, as long as that uh, little root is attached at the bottom, you you can grow a new onion out of it. The more of it that is, the better and more robust your onion will be. Same with garlic. Garlic. I don't even use garlic cloves for eating anymore because um, like onions, which I didn't mention, you can plant them in the ground, they will come up and the greens taste like garlic and you can use them like garlic and they're not as strong as the bulb so you're not having to worry about it being too powerful. So you can cut it right into a sandwich, cut it right into... Have you heard of, of green shallots or leeks? That's essentially the same type of idea that you're getting. It's the green part of a root. Any part of an onion or a garlic you can eat. And it's delicious.
and uh and so there's that and uh also um you've got uh carrots i never eat a carrot without cutting off the top and just sticking it in the ground and let me tell you the magic of carrots you're not going to get a new carrot out of that carrot but what you're going to get because it's a biennial it's going to grow up and go straight to seed and it, it'll have these beautiful greens which actually you can eat and they're they're a nice uh a flavor kind of like an herb of sorts uh, not something you want to just chomp straight necessarily but you can eat those but let it go to seed because the seeds will be a whole batch of seeds that it'll it'll have hundreds sometimes thousands of seeds from one or two uh carrot tops that you stuck in the ground and those i just always grow outside because they just do so well uh out here in zone 5a and um they usually want to come up in a cooler but not too cold season so they'll just wait until they're ready to come up and then they'll come up sometimes i'll discover one the next you know eight months later then i'm like i forgot that i put one there and it's just coming up and it's doing great carrots are one that you can get to take over once you get the seeds going and sprouting and and spreading i've seen lawns that people don't realize that's carrot in there <laughs> i think that's fabulous i wish i wish i could get it to do that here but unfortunately i don't have lawns so um we're going to carry on this one again in the next episode um about uh gardening for virtually free and uh so with that i'm charles hathaway with another episode of wild tater